today's reading of God's Word. We will be in Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 8 and 14 through 18. And please bear with me with the pronunciations of these, some of these words. In the days when the judge, judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Milon and Kylon. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Milon and Kylon also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you, or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your, your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will, there will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, Lord, even as you have been speaking to us through the songs and the prayers, and now as your word has been read and as it is proclaimed, Lord, we ask that you would speak your words of life and of hope to us. Speak through my words or speak in spite of my words, but God, we await a word from you today. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This week, I was looking at various stories uh, through the news that came by. And one of the stories that caught my attention, and, and I'm sure this isn't the only one. There have been others. But in this particular case, um, there was a story about a Canadian man who nine months ago left on his own yacht on a cruise around the world by himself. Nine months ago, that we didn't even know how to say COVID-19 nine months ago. His last port of call uh, was three months ago in South Africa. And at that time, there was just beginning to be a hint in our collective consciousness about the coronavirus. 
And now he had pulled up, the story started because he was now in New Zealand and getting, uh, stopping there to replenish his supplies so that he could begin his homebound leg of his journey. And what a difference that port of call was from when he was in South Africa. They weren't sure if they were going to let him pull his boat up there. Um, then what, quite what to do with him. They decided that he really didn't need to isolate for 14 days because he had been isolating for three months. And so they did give him his supplies, and so he is headed back uh, on the next leg of his journey. But the home that he will return to, it's not the home that he left. Things have changed a lot while he has been off, isolated on his yacht, going around the world. March 7th. That was the last time that we gathered together as a gathered community in worship. Back then, I'd never even heard of Zoom. I had never before preached to an empty sanctuary. I had never given even a second thought to walking into a grocery store. Two and a half months ago, Our nation's unemployment rate was uh, 3.5% back in February. And in April, it's 14.7%. We look at our graduating seniors from high school and from college, and they would have never guessed that their graduations would be happening or not happening in exactly the way that they are now. People who planned to get married this spring, their weddings, if they have occurred, look a lot different. I think I've told you before, my son Michael was planning a big wedding in Fort Worth um, on June the 6th, and now they're planning for the two of them and me to be on a beach in Galveston and get to say their vows right there. Education in the public school setting They could have never imagined back last fall what these months would be like now. People now are working at home that probably had never done that before. And you hear that some may never go back to work in the office, that some companies are realizing, you know what, this is a good thing. Our world has changed dramatically Now, here in the church, now we're trying to figure out how it is to reopen, and we're not the only ones. The the business world is trying to figure that out. The schools are, are coming out with what they think school might look like in the fall. And here in the church... We want to balance people's health and welfare um, with the desire to be back together. Friends, we are in unchartered territory for lawmakers, for businesses, for schools, for churches, and for families. One thing we do know is that the world as we knew it back in February, it isn't the same world we're living in now, and that world You know what? It may not return for years, if ever, it returns in exactly that same way. And that knowledge, you know, it can produce a lot of anxiety or fear, or we can look at this as an opportunity to start over in new ways. 
And the question for us as Christians is, how is it that we can be calm and courageous in such a foreign time as this? The series that we've been looking at over these last few weeks, we've looked at several um, Old Testament biblical characters that faced obstacles in their life. And we looked at how it is that they were able to remain calm and courageous. Today finishes that particular series with this person of Ruth, a woman who willingly traveled to a foreign country, a place where she is going to face barriers, language barriers, food barriers, social etiquette, religious practices, and subtle and sometimes not so subtle constant reminders that she is not one of us. Can her life bring a word of hope for us? Well, I encourage you to read the whole book of Ruth. It's a short little book, um, and you will learn a lot as you read through it. I encourage you to read it today or maybe this week, because by the end of the book, we find out that Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David. And in Matthew chapter 1, Ruth is one of five women that are named in the genealogy of Jesus. And so I think that's our first word for us from looking at her life for us today is that she's an outsider. She's a foreigner, foreigner that by all accounts, she is just a nobody. And yet, She's used by God because of her faithfulness to move forward in this amazing story of God in the lives of his people. Because, friends, there are no nobodies to God. You don't need to be well-born, achieve great worldly success, even come from the right part of town or the right country to be a part of God's great love affair with God's creation and to be used by God to show the world what faithfulness to God looks like. The long and the short of this story of Ruth, uh, the part of it that Chris read is that, that there is a terrible famine in the land of Judah and it led this family of four to cross over the Jordan, over back east into the country of Moab, where they lived for about 10 years. And during that time, the sons took Moabite wives, and then the dad died, and then both sons died. Finally, Naomi, the wife, receives word that the famine has ended in Judah, and she decides to go back home, now a widow with two foreign daughters-in-law. As we read through the scriptures, we recognize that Naomi felt utterly abandoned by God at this moment. She felt the bitterness of what she considered God's hand turned against her. And so she told both of her daughters-in-law to, to just stay in their own country. 
She probably wasn't sure how she herself would be received back by her people after living in Moab for so many years. She wasn't sure how she would find ways to eat herself as a widow with no one to support her, much less returning with two other foreign women. And at her instruction, one of those daughters-in-law stayed in Moab. But Ruth, we're told, clung to Naomi. And you heard those beautiful words, that words that are often actually read at weddings, um, that, that where she said that, to, that we're, don't press me to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. Again, I encourage you to read that whole story to see then what these next steps were. But, but I want us to look at what it is about Ruth and the way she lived her life calmly and courageously that may speak to us yet today. For one thing, Ruth knew how to pivot. Pivot, right? You're going this direction and you're finding another way. She did not stay mired in all the what-ifs that surrounded her, but she looked for opportunities to fill needs. You know, it was her idea in the next chapter, in chapter 2, to go out and to, and to glean grain, that is, walking behind the harvesters as they are harvesting the grain, uh, to pick up what is not picked up by the, those that are harvesting in a way to be able to feed her and Naomi. She pivoted. She found that to do. And she worked hard in the field, so much so that the landowner, Boaz, who we find out is a relative to Naomi's dead husband, that he took notice. And he invited her to stay only in his fields to glean. You see, Boaz had heard already of Ruth's love and devotion and care for Naomi. And so Ruth pivoted, and she said yes to stay only in those fields. Now, I have no idea. Uh, we don't know the kind of life that Ruth had lived in Moab. Um, we don't know what she did. We, we know, you know what the roles of women were at the time, and that she probably cooked and took care of her husband and the household. But now she's living in a new country, and she needs new skills in order to thrive. And so she pivoted, and she learned what she needed to learn in order to thrive. Friends, we too have opportunities to pivot from one way of doing things to another, to look for opportunities in this new world that we find ourselves in, to show care for the vulnerable, for our family, to find ways to make a difference. How many of you had ever made a face covering <clears throat> before COVID-19? And now there are a number of you that have done that. How many of you had really only relied on your gathered time together at church in order to see folks either in your small group or in worship but now you know, you, you talk to people on the phone, you make those phone calls, you have those Zoom classes for 
your small groups and even for extended family meetings. How many of you before mostly saw your children early morning and late in the evening because of your work schedule? And now you find that you've got more time to play and to work and to communicate differently since now you have the time at home. How many of you were the always go out to eat people <laughs> and you've learned how to cook um, during this time and have experimented with fun dishes? How many of you counted on dinners or dining out or big parties to celebrate big milestones or birthdays, and now you've discovered the simple joy of drive-by blessings. How many of you never seem to find the time for those deep, searching conversations with God because of your schedule? And, and now you find you have the time to, to really read Scripture and to spend time in prayer because of the time that we find ourselves in right now. What have you learned that you just would not have learned had you not been in the middle of this pandemic? <clears throat> Can you praise God yet <laughs> for those learnings? Are there parts of, of what you've learned that you really want to bring forward into the future, whatever the future may hold? Maybe you've found the beauty of exercising and taking walks and spending time in conversation that you really want to bring into the new future. We have the opportunity in a way to start over, like moving to a new place, because in some ways, we have. For us here, we never would have thought our reliance on live stream, and yet we've discovered it is a beautiful way to help share worship and the gospel message to so many that we might not have ever reached um, had we not been forced to in this way. My district superintendent, Kip Giltz, said, gave us this advice this past week, and he said, you need to think of your online worshipers as though you had started a satellite church, <laughs> that you've got a new campus of your church, and you need to be as devoted to growing those folks in their discipleship. Because for many, may not come to worship until there's a vaccine, may not come for a long time, and some don't even live in the area. And so this is a new place that we find ourselves, and I want to bring those learnings into our new space as we um, move forward. And so L Ruth knew how to pivot. Ruth also listened to a trusted advisor. You know, she was unsure how to act in a new land, and so she brought her questions and she brought her comments to Naomi. And then she listened to what Naomi said. It was Naomi who told her who Boaz was and how it was best to wait and to see if he would be willing to be their kinsman redeemer. 
It was Naomi that encouraged her to be calm and courageous, and she was. We are all in this foreign country of a new time together. And friends, it's important that you don't try to go it alone. We all need someone that we can take our hopes, our dreams, our questions, our worries to. Because mental health, it can deteriorate when you stay in isolation. So don't be isolated, even if you find yourself alone in your house. Reach out. For those who are doing well, make a plan to, to be there for someone else. Call them. Comfort them. We are in this together. Ruth and Naomi had each other. Who do you have? If it is no one, I invite you to call me. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 to 14, Jesus reminded his followers that the good shepherd will leave the 99 sheep to go look for the one lost one and then rejoices over finding it. And Jesus says, So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. If you are feeling alone, if you are feeling lost, Know that that is not God's will for you. Reach out and let someone walk this journey with you. And if you know of somebody who is struggling, reach out and contact them. Let us all be calm and courageous together. Finally, Ruth could be calm and courageous as she stayed on the course of love. Her love of Naomi, her love of Boaz, and then the love of Obed, their son. During this time in Judah, as she no doubt saw God's mighty hand providing a way for her and for Naomi when there seemed to be no way, she understood the love of our creator and sustainer God. In our foreign land of this pandemic, there are many competing voices to the voice of love. There's frustration and fear. There are the voices that want to cast blame. There are the voices that just say others have no idea what they are even talking about. They are the voices of self, my way, my rights. I invite us to listen to the voice of love. In 1 John 4, 7 to 8, it is written, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. And we read in 1 Corinthians 13 more about this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. We do have an uncertain path ahead. It may feel like we are living in a foreign land. Maybe unsure what to do next. 
like Ruth, let us practice the art of pivoting to use what is at hand to do good. Let's not go it alone, but to find and benefit from those that we trust. And above all, let us listen to the voice of love, the very voice of God. Let us pray. Holy God, help us during this uncertain time to hear your voice above all others, to be committed to walking this path with others and not alone, and to know, O oh God, that you call us to learn new ways of being. Help us, O oh God, to be courageous and calm. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.